1-2. Swing and a fly ball left field. Well struck. Going back Peralta at the track. Turns, looks, and it's gone. Solo shot for Gurriel. It's his first of the postseason. And the Diamondbacks get that run right back. It's 4-1. Chris Garagiola on the call for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Steve Zinsmeister, Mitch Vareldis holding it down here, reacting to Game 2, a 4-2 victory for the Arizona Diamondbacks, despite winning 16 games less than the L.A. Dodgers during the regular season. That doesn't seem to phase the Diamondbacks at all. They've got a 2-0 lead in the series. They're only one win away from the NLCS, an achievement that felt damn near impossible just a short time ago, but it is it is clear this team belongs not only in the conversation, but definitely dominating their opponent so far in two games. And someone who got to see it up close and personal, whose face I'm seeing right now through our little team's call. Hopefully he's hearing us. Bright and smile, Alex. That's a beautiful smile. Alex Weiner, who's joining us from Chavez Ravine in L.A. right now here on the Arizona Sports NLDS postgame special. Alex, what did you witness up close in that 4-2 win? What stood out to you the most? in that one hey guys yeah um just to start again to jump on them like they did but they did it in sort of a different way um less slug and and some heady baseball for the guys i mean corbin carroll to work a walk after he was down in the count uh and then catel martin dropping a bunt that was something that i'm sure nobody saw coming Uh, tommy Pham gets a single and all of a sudden they're off to the races and um and and again just another moment there just tommy Pham stealing second uh, to avoid the double play. And then Gabriel Moreno hits a ground ball out that ends up getting another run. So all those ended up counting because the Dodgers created so many opportunities to score runs throughout the game. Ultimately, the D-backs limited those chances. But um, to get out to another great start and play from ahead, unlike the, deep, unlike the Brewers series, uh, it, it gave them some wiggle room and they were able to use it. Talking with our D-backs insider, Alex Weiner, here on the Arizona Sports NLDS postgame special. Uh, Alex, what did uh, Tori Lovello have to say about tonight's performance and set us up for a possible Game 3 starter as well? Yeah, the Game 3 starter is going to be Brandon Fott. So it looks like it'll be Lance Lynn versus Brandon Fott. Um, We'll see what kind of leash both of them have. I know pregame, Dave Roberts said that Ryan Pepio, their uh, rookie right-hander, will you know, could be uh, in a role in some capacity in that game. So we'll see if they piggyback him or if there's just a short leash on Lynn. Uh, obviously, with Fought in his last start, they didn't let him go particularly deep into it. Uh, so we'll, we'll see exactly what they have in store for that. Uh, you know, it's funny post game here because, you know, it's either go to the clubhouse or go to the interview room. But then the interview room, uh, you know, it's going to be, you know, live streamed and all that stuff and all the quotes will come out anyway. So once the clubhouse saw what some of the players were saying after the game. So didn't actually get to hear from Tori, but ultimately I, I went back and listened to it. But yeah, to just, again, to jump out in front um, like they were able to do and then to get the pitching performances that they got from Zach Gallen, whom Tori Lovello took out probably earlier than a lot of people expected at only 84 pitches, but with a couple of guys on base and with a bunch of lefties coming up and he, there was a strategy to sort of empty out their bench, which is what happened when they brought in saw Frank and all those lefties turned to righties because they pinch it for all of them. So there was, you know, some thinking there. Uh, it ended up working out okay at the end because only one run scored. But that at the time, uh, especially after saw Frank walked uh, Chris Taylor, uh, it gave him a little dicey there. I'm curious because you got to talk to some of them afterwards. What was kind of the overall vibe or consensus or how did the players respond to some of the questions being asked there? I mean, they're now up 2-0. Maybe some people didn't expect them to be here. What was kind of the response that you got when talking to them after the game? Yeah, they're excited. I mean, I think Tommy Pham said that 
you know, you go in to on the road, uh, just trying to claim home field advantage again, try to split and, you know, take that home field back to chase and, and try to win a series there. But to grab two of them was huge. Uh, and now they go back and um, face field. The D-backs already announced that it's going to be a sellout for, for game three. That's a huge. chance to sweep the Los Angeles Dodgers after a moth just flew into my eye uh, on the field. <laughs> You're doing great, Alex. Don't uh, live, worry. Live radio. But uh, yeah, no, just the excitement to come back home. They, they haven't played a home game uh, in a while. So uh, after taking the first two in Milwaukee and sweeping them, taking the first two in Los Angeles, uh, I think there's a real excitement to go home and, and continue to play with a disciplined approach and potentially get this thing wrapped up sooner than anybody would have thought. Our D-backs insider Alex Weiner is joining us live from L.A. where he just witnessed the 4-2 to win in Game 2 for the Diamondbacks over the Dodgers. Alex, let's talk about Evan Longoria. He ends up leaving the game after getting hit on the hand, it looked like. He probably would have left the game uh, for a running replacement, whether he was fine or not. But did we get any sort of update on Evan Longoria after the game today? Yeah, the x-rays came back negative, which is good. Uh, yeah, it was on his hand. In the clubhouse, he had a, a, a pretty big wrap on it, but uh, Tori told uh, you know the press conference room that he will be day to day, so everything's negative there. So that's a good sign, and they'll get tomorrow off, and um, so it gives them a little bit of time to recover. Just a general question: Who on this roster has been the biggest surprise to you four games into this postseason run? Biggest surprise? Ooh, that's a good question because they've been getting they've been getting production pretty much everywhere i mean everybody's doing something um like even geraldo perdomo at the bottom of the order a couple of sack bunts today he walked he has a couple of huge at bats in the brewer series uh, obviously the top of the order's done its thing but that wouldn't really qualify for this question so uh, i don't know I, I guess maybe evan longoria's defense from the brewer series was probably uh the most eye-opening but uh yeah i mean i wouldn't say it's any one particular player i, I think we've you know, seen them all get it done at, at a lot of parts of the season. Um, maybe, maybe Andrew saw Frank just because he's never been on a stage like this before and to come in in such big moments in both the Brewer series. And then again, tonight, and you know, today it didn't go perfectly. He walked Chris Taylor and gave up that bouncer up the middle where he tell me a heck of a play to potentially save a run. Um, but then to come back, fall down three, one, and then strike out James Outman. That was a huge out. Uh, then they take him out and Ryan Thompson takes care of the rest. So, yeah, I don't know if it's one particular guy. It's 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 been a collective effort, and that's what it's taken. And um, I mean, that's that's got to be a, a major point of pride for this team at this point. Alex, finish this sentence for me. The Diamondbacks will clinch on Wednesday if blank. If we see the same or similar approaches that we've seen in the first two games, just disciplined at bats, uh, getting their pitches. I mean, even today when the bats seemingly went quiet for a big parts of this game there were still some pretty hard hit balls and some pretty solid at bats. So I think just keeping that approach, um, I, I think that'll be huge just collectively up and down the lineup. You know, you will see what they get at a thought, but ultimately this bullpen has been so good that even if they have a short leash on him and it turns into what game one of the Brewer series was, they have the guys who have been, you know, stepping up to the plate in that regard. So I, I think as long as, you know, the pitching depth and uh, continues to do what it's been doing and, you know, the lineup approach stays the same, uh, it's going to be a, a pretty big opportunity to go up against, you know, the Dodgers not throwing out one of their top two guys, you know, at Chase Field with a chance to close them out. All right, last one for me. Another wide view kind of a question. What do you think, or what have you seen be has been the biggest difference for this team as they are now 
versus what they were heading into the month of August a couple of months ago. What do you think the biggest difference has been for them? Uh, I think the like the most stark change has definitely been bullpen uh, from where they were in August. Obviously, the offense has taken a major step up. Um, but when you look at where the bullpen was a couple of months ago versus where it is now, it's it's totally different. And the personnel is a little different, too. You know, Paul Seawald has settled into his role and has been very good as the closer and got a, a one, two, three save, which is not something we've really seen from him. It's a miracle. Uh, since he came over to the Diamondbacks. <laughs> uh, so that's huge. Uh, obviously, Ryan Thompson getting him uh, in the mix uh, at the end of August after he was uh, cut by the Rays. I mean, it, it made a huge difference. He gave up one earned run, I believe, his entire you know run in the final month of the season with the Diamondbacks. Andrew Salfrank gives him a left-handed option, who, who's been their number one left-handed option out of the bullpen down the stretch and in these playoffs. Yeah. I mean, he's the guy that they've turned to. So, you know, just adding that as a depth and putting other guys into more comfortable situations like, you know, Kevin Ginkle pencil penned into the, uh, the eighth inning role. And he's been terrific there. Some other guys can come in earlier. Like we saw, uh, you know, in that, uh, Brewer series. So yeah, I, I think that would probably be the biggest change from where they were at. And it's huge because you need a good bullpen in these postseason games to lock it down in high pressure situations. And they were able to do it. Talking with our D-backs insider, Alex Weiner. He is live out in L.A. where he just watched Game 2. Alex, it's weird to say this, but even though the Diamondbacks have four straight victories in the postseason, Game 3 on Wednesday night will be their first home game of this playoff stretch. Uh, Talk to me about Chase Field and what that means to the players to play in the postseason in their home ballpark uh, where the fans haven't had a chance to watch postseason baseball for six years. Yeah, they had to get that, uh, you know, get that series win against the Brewers done in order to have a chance with all three of those games. It ended up being two games, but in theory, all three of those games being on the road. Yeah, it's going to be a big deal. I mean, there hasn't been playoff baseball in the Valley since 2017 when they had the wild card game and then the final game of that Dodgers series. And the players are excited. If Corbin Carroll said he was excited, they said it feels like it's been a long time since playing home games. Uh, and so, yeah, it'll, it'll be uh it, it should be a pretty ruckus crowd. You know, I'm curious what the split will be as far as the fans, but that'll be a that'll be a fun atmosphere and one we haven't really seen at Chase Field much. So, uh, you know, it's it's exciting. It's very exciting. I came up with a hashtag, and I want to workshop it by you before we say adios. Hashtag block out the blue. What do you think? Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like we could workshop that a little Ooh, bit. On, okay. All on right. the air Rejected. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think only we can do little... better. I think we can do better. Okay, I think well, it's a good place to start. We can we can certainly do better if the Diamondbacks are winning four out of four playoff games. Certainly, we can do better when it comes to hashtags. <laughs> Alex, we will if, re- if, Cor- if Corbin Carroll if Corbin Carroll can get on base more than half the times he comes up, you can get a better hashtag. Oh my gosh, yeah, Corbin Carroll. Yeah. All right, I got to step up to Corbin Carroll levels. <laughs> Alex, we will circle back with you again on Wednesday. Maybe we'll be talking about an upcoming game four. Maybe. We'll be talking about an upcoming game one. Who knows? Safe travels back to the Valley, all right? Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, that's Alex Weiner, who does a fantastic job covering the Diamondbacks for us at Arizona Sports. Also, is one half of the uh, Ain't No Fink podcast with you, Steve. Yeah, and he finally gets to come home. (laughs) He's been on the road because the team's been on the road. He's been in Milwaukee, he's been in L.A., and now he finally gets to come back to Arizona, and I'm sure he's relieved. When I hung up with him after Game 2 on Wednesday in Milwaukee... I was like, all right, see you, see you back at work tomorrow. And he was like, no, man, I'm, I'm straight off to L.A. <laughs> like, there's no time to waste here. 